Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. And man, what a show do we have for you. Bringing you part four, the fourth and final uh, edition of our All Things 1989 series. And our special guest is none other than the Queen of Pop uh, from that year and for, for the better part of the, of the late 80s. Holy cow, we have Tiffany. And we couldn't be more excited uh, to have her. Uh, we had a great time with her. I uh, actually had, had a whole a whole evening with her up in Greenville, Texas. You might remember we had Barbara Haran, the owner of this fantastic venue up there called the Texan, who was doing some really, really, really special things that literally nobody else is doing. It was one of the best, if not the best, concert experience in terms of just hospitality, uniqueness, and just, God, you felt like you were just... At somebody's palace being treated like royalty. Uh, Tiffany was so generous uh, with uh, with her time. We had such a great time with her, and and as you know, we've uh, have have spoken with her many many times. And this was a great time to be able to have a, a, a full length sit down uh, and bring you about what's going on with her pieces of me tour. Like I said, that was at the Texan in Greenville. It's going to last uh, throughout the fall. Uh, joining me. Of course, it's always my better half, Jocelyn, who was at the Tiffany Experience up in Greenville. Jocelyn, what did you think of the show? It was a lot of fun. All of her new stuff was really cool, and we had a great time. We, we did, We were dancing, right? we were eating, we were imbibing. <laughs> it was fun. What did you think of the theater? It was beautiful. I mean, the minute we walked in... It was just so impressive, and and then we walked into the uh, actual theater itself, and the seating is so nice. Um, they have these little booths, and they also have uh, some some seating up front, um, and then it goes like in a kind of a terraced, you know, booth kind of thing. Um, you just have to go to see it. It's spectacular it was such a fun time and, and you're absolutely right about that of course we'll have we'll have pictures of this of the theater on our website at trickykid.com it's tricky-kid.com but again it's one of those things that's so unique and so special and so gorgeous that it really does defy pictures from a website you really have to go and witness it for yourself and we're going to hear from barbara a little bit more of course you guys remember she was on last week as we were promoting uh the tiffany show and she's going to tell you a little bit more all about it what wasn't it so great being able to spend time with barbara yeah she's a really neat lady um and then just getting to hear a little bit about the history of the theater was fascinating and um, and all the stuff that she's been doing with it, and and her her plans for the upcoming shows, um, I had a, a great time with her. She's really cool. And, and and I like what you mentioned also. I remember you telling her you were like, you know, you don't see, and it's unfortunate, but you don't see a lot of, I guess, in that business, a lot of like female theater owners. I mean, maybe there is. Maybe maybe like I don't have a, a poll on on a male to female ratio just in my time being on as you know on tour and you're a musician and you play venues and stuff you're always kind of dealing um you know unfortunately with somebody that's not uh has you know she brings a female sensibility is my point exactly and and nobody is doing what she's doing wasn't that insane for one price for one price it included everything yes it was everything Literally everything, even the gratuities. It was like it came with parking, it mm-hmm. came with dinner, 
It came with unlimited drinks. It came with uh, the show. And you got to meet the artist afterwards. I loved her quote where she said, um, I just took out everything that I that I that I didn't like about the experience and just added what I did. Nobody is doing this. Right. No, it's like her her perspective is very unique. Well, I feel like it's like her love letter, right? To right. the arts and to so, to, to to social uh, I guess maybe, maybe like, like an overhaul of social experiences. Now when you go out and you're you know there's like 90 phones in your face at the concert. There wasn't any of that. There was plenty of room to dance. Yeah, there was a lot of room to dance. She had said that she had left space there just for that. Um, so we we did get up and dance. Well, yes, <laughs> we did. <laughs> and we were sitting there having a call and response with Tiffany right there on stage. Yeah, she, Tiffany's pretty cool. She and it's just that, and it's only that theater that could make that experience happen because it's an intimate theater, and. Um, and the artists are treated really well. So well, yeah, the artists are treated like <laughs> yeah, the artists are treated like royalty, but so are the patrons. Exactly. You know, everybody was super happy. <laughs> now, of course, I've had experiences. That's right. Uh, of course, with Tiffany, but, but but you actually got to uh, you know we get to spend some some real time with her and got to have a real hang and outside of the whole meet and greet thing, actually you could spend some some real time and you know chatting with her and she loved you. Oh, really? Yeah. You, oh, I think she's cool. <laughs> oh, what, she's a very nice person. Was was she different than what you expected? Um, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know what I expected. Um, my experience or memory of Tiffany was, you know, those songs. And I don't know, when you're like 13 years old, you just, you project yourself onto, you know, your idols. So I always thought she was like me. Like shy and stuff, but she's very talkative and very cool. <laughs> yeah, very outgoing but, and yeah, just so with just, it. I didn't know what to expect. But wasn't that cool though? Because you know, when people think of Tiffany, unfortunately, if 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 their thoughts began and ended in the late eighties, it might be of you know images of her at the mall and, and you know, and she's really and has been for a while. Is a she's a true artist with a with a real band. That band was badass, right? Right, right. <clears throat> Were you surprised by that? Um, no, I mean, she doesn't, she, she's from Nashville, right? I mean, the, well, she's from LA, but she spent right. a lot of time in, she went to Nashville yeah. and, and, and scored this really just, I said, this, this crack band. It's just awesome. Yeah. The, the arrangements on the songs were really cool. Um, I, we had a good time. The, the, the music was great. But the whole adventure, like I said, and Barbara, like, I love it when she said, welcome to my house. Yeah. It, it, it did feel like that. It was very... Uh, intimate and and cozy and comfortable, you know. It felt welcoming. Yeah, I I never stood in line once. Uh, right. You know, I was. We were waited on hand and foot, like I yes. said, and we and even if like I said we got to spend time with Tiffany, uh, but 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 so did the audience, you know. And then mm-hmm. and then she came down there and right. was like. I mean, the whole experience was great. So I'm very excited for you guys to hear uh, from Tiffany. We're going to get into all things 1989. Again, this is going to be our fourth and final installment. I feel, I feel like I could probably do five more, but I think I'm going to cap it at four. <laughs> really? And uh, Yeah, who knows? But no, uh, because see, cause what I've been doing is, you know, I've been going in, in order by doing uh, all of the months. So we did part ones. We did January through March. Uh-huh. 
April through May. Yes. Uh, and then now we've got October through December here. So ah. we're going to do the last three months here and get into all kinds of things, and um, which, which is going to be great. Even though it's a little bit premature, we're going to get into some of like the holiday stuff that you guys might remember because it's just so many things started in 1989. And, of course, it was also the end of the greatest freaking decade in the history of, of humanity and the best there is, was, and ever will be in the 80s. And only a decade like that can go out like this. So mm-hmm. so throughout the show, we're bringing you some funny little, little more tidbits, just like in the other part threes. We do encourage you, if you haven't checked out the other part, uh, the other uh, three parts in this series, uh, make sure you go to iTunes. Uh, it's free to subscribe. Just type in Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. Obviously, you, you can stream it from our website, which is trickykid.com. Just click on Tricky Kid Radio Podcast there. <laughs> and we're also on Facebook. There's Miles. Uh, our little boy, he's a, he's already a ham for the radio. Uh, go on. Uh, again, uh, Facebook at Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. My alter ego DJ Tricky Kid's on there as well. Uh, and so we got so much coming up. We're going to have music, new music uh, from Tiffany. She just put out a record um, late last year called Pieces of Me, but she's just now, like I said, bringing it to the States. She's been over in the UK, uh, excuse me, in Europe <clears throat> doing it. And we were so lucky to, to get to be able to, to hear almost the entire record live in such a wonderful setting. Uh, again, you're going to hear more from Barbara Haran. Our boy Chad is going to join us. And so. Before we get to all that, like I said, uh, there are, are several things from 1989, uh, and we've talked about this before when you were you were you did the other parts. But some of the things from, from 89 that might surprise you. So, Josie, I will I'll put this to you. So, in 1989, you were 10, right? Yes. So, a show that was beloved uh, to to one and all, and you would have been at the right age for it. But do you remember American Gladiators? <gasps> Oh, yes. <laughs> Wasn't that on, like, after Saturday Night Live or something? Hey, it came on late at night. What were you doing up so late at age 10? I don't know. Well, Gladiators was on for a long time after 89, right? So It, it was, but I also feel like it was also, it seems like, was it ever on Saturday mornings, though, too? And it was just re, and it re-aired on Saturday nights? Maybe. Or I, I, I could be wrong. I, I'd have to look that up, and I'll have that information for... Our listeners by the end of the, by the end of the program. Did you have any favorite gladiators? I'm sure I did. It's just hard to remember like what their names were. Um, like like who's that guy with a big blonde like yeah. mane? <laughs> yeah, the lion. Right. The lion. <laughs> He's the one that always kind of stood out to me too. And there was that one guy that kind of looked like Apollo Creed, where he was. Built like yeah. Well, you know. I always thought the the ladies were the coolest. So oh, they were the coolest, and <laughs> and there was one. You know, I'm gonna have I'm gonna I'm gonna research this. I'm gonna have all this information for you by the end of the program. So you know, we talked about 1989. You know, quite a bit over these last four episodes. Now four episodes. Um, <clears throat> what do you remember about Tiffany from that from that era? Because you would have been again ten years old. You would have been the prime demographic target for tiffany yeah well i sang um like two the the two biggest hits from uh from that era like over and over and over again <laughs> like i still remember all the words <laughs> uh, and i w- and whenever she came out and did well, all this time you uh-huh. were you were all, all over it yeah so what was what was do you remember what the other single was um so yes yeah, so all this time and what was the the other one was uh was 
Radio Romance. That's right. That's right. And now, do you remember, did you remember when I mentioned Radio Romance to her? And her, <laughs> what was her reaction to Radio Romance? She kind of got a little stank face or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she doesn't have Wrinkled the best. her nose about it. Yes. But so we're going to, so we're going to, we let her choose. And I can't wait for y'all to, to see what song that Tiffany chose from that period. But when all this time came on, my girl, you, you were up out of the, your seat mm-hmm. and singing it. And she came out and sang it to you. Yeah, it was a good, it was fun. <laughs> that was awesome. It was, it was great. Well, so we're going to get to it here. I'm going to play you a, uh, a song from her newest record, Piece of Me, before we get to uh, the main interview with Tiffany. And then uh, a word from our sponsors, and then we'll get to all things 1989. So let me say this. So one thing that was so special is that I know everybody might have those things that where the moment chose them. You know, you didn't choose it. Now, of course, we did choose to go up there, and I was excited to see Tiffany, and I was excited to speak with her again. Her and I have a great rapport, and we have, we, we have had and maintained a great rapport for all these years, and it was so great to see her. And right when I came into the building, she came right up to me and recognized me, came up and gave me a hug, and and said, uh, you know, "Give me, give me one second so I can eat." And then she comes over and and was so excited to uh, to, to you know to, to talk and, and catch up and chat. It was so great to see her and Jocelyn, my wife. Uh, you know, just um, you know, they, they became friends. You know, like becoming. You know, they were just chatting and just getting along so well. And just uh, and she's so kind and so sweet. But I wanted to say this. My main takeaway, other than how gorgeous and amazing the the venue is and Barbara Horan and her staff and their hospitality oh my gosh was just so amazing and on top of all that the thing that I will remember equally was that right when the show started she came out and she did this little Q&A with Barbara at the beginning and you'll see pictures of that on our website as well but you know, I hadn't heard the new, the new record. You know, I mean, I, I felt like I'd heard like like the maybe like one of the singles, but suddenly, like the band locks in and kicks off with this song that I'm about to play for you, and it's perfect because the song is called "Beautiful." The lyrics are amazing. It perfectly describes the venue and the evening. But so I want you to picture this: is that we get there. There is Barbara herself handing out these these specially printed tickets that she printed herself. She's taking your order in terms of how you would like your steak, just like as if you were at somebody's house. And then you go over to the bar, and then, you know, the drinks are all included. Then you walk in, and then you show them your ticket, and this wonderful staff isn't like, oh, where's your seat? They're like walking you to your seat. Just as if you were a family member. Like, I mean, they care about you. I felt we felt so loved and so cared about. So we're sitting in this beautiful venue after spending all day with Tiffany and Barbara and just having a great time. <clears throat> we're several, just a mere feet from the stage. After the Q&A, like I said, happens, her band takes the stage and they just lock in. And what is just grabs you and just kicks your ass, man. Um, again, I love everything that she's done. I love her country stuff. I love her pop stuff. But this is a rocking record. And I just wasn't expecting it not only to be rocking, but just this rocking, and this grabs you. I hope everybody hears this record, because I don't want it to be one of those things that, like, like you know, like in a couple of years, and it probably will be, like, 
like in like a, a few years, people are gonna be like, "Hey, man, did you ever hear that Tiffany record, Pieces of Me?" And you're like, "What? Really? Oh, no, I just remember her from when I was a kid from the '80s." It's like, no, man, this is like, like a rocking record. Or, or people could put it on and be like, and people are gonna go, "Man, I really like this. What is this?" They're gonna go, "This is Tiffany." And so she just launched into the song. It's like the, I think it's like the third or fourth song on the record, but it seems like it could have opened the record. Uh, it's so powerful, and I will, and I just looked over at Jocelyn, and I was like, holy shit. And it's rare that when you leave a, con- a concert singing the words to a song that you only heard once and that evening. And the only other time I can think of that happening was just a very few times, and one of them was Caius. So that's uh, some pretty good, awesome company to be in. Tiffany, we love you. This is beautiful off the album, her new album, Pieces of Me. Uh, and we'll be right back with the pop powerhouse herself and much more fun and facts uh, regarding the year 1989. But I'm just so proud that she has brought us into 2019 uh, over 30 years later. This is beautiful from Tiffany.
freaking rock. And I love that opening lyric where she just says, can't seem to get you off my mind. Can't seem to get you. And I love it when she says, I want to touch you. Yeah, because you're beautiful. I mean, I this might be this might be my favorite record this year. Like, you know how we always do the Tricky Kid, you know, top LPs. This I, is inescapable, and it's so good, and I, I want everyone to hear it. Um, and as you know, uh, as we talked about, that the mixtape tour earlier this year, uh, led, of course, by New Kids on the Block, with, of course, my girl, Debbie Gibson, along with, with of course, Tiffany and Salt and Peppa, um, and Naughty by Nature was on that, and uh, I mean, just it was the most fun. I, not only this year, I've ever had at a concert, and how well it was paced, and all that. And, I, and you guys want to go to our website and not only see the full review, we did a whole episode on it. There's great pictures from it. Uh, it's awesome. <clears throat> so, I want to talk about our sponsors just for a second, give you a couple of facts, and we'll get Tiffany on in here. Uh, some fun stuff here that you may you, you may remember. And one of the fun facts is that uh, prior to um, the mixtape tour that was at the American Airlines Center this year, again with Tiffany and New Kids on the Block and everybody, um, I saw Tiffany a couple of times. She kind of did her return to the mall tour a few years ago out in Louisville. They were they turned the Louisville Mall into this thing called Music City, but it's still a shopping mall, right? And you know, I'm so glad that she has come so much uh, so far over 30 years again with this new rock and album but again you know people will almost always will still always equate her with them all and why not that's when we how we first got exposed to her and and uh, and it was fun and then she returned to the mall a few years ago but the last time she actually did a full proper Tiffany concert in the Dallas Fort Worth area was actually July 1st 1989. At, at the time, called the Coca-Cola Starplex Amphitheater. I still call it Starplex. I don't know what they're calling it now, but it will always be Starplex to me. Uh, to a sold-out thing that summer. And so, again, 1989. It was on the strength of her album, uh, Hold an Old Friend's Hand. And some other things around that time. We were talking about American Gladiator. But uh, you guys might remember, uh, I believe it was either Saturday mornings. Something like that could have been an after-school thing. But the Karate Kid cartoon. Uh, had also had started uh, that fall in 89. And also this week is the uh, 30th anniversary of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, Kickboxer. Uh, I remember being heavily into uh, that film and, uh, and, and that, that, whole, that whole time. But, uh, and we'll have more fun facts. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Deets and Watson, they have these little sausages called Deets Nuts. <laughs> and it's impossible not to want to say D's Nuts, of course. And I kind of think that might be the inspiration, because why would you call something that is not nuts, and uh, even says contains no actual nuts, uh, unless it just was too irresistible to call them D's Nuts. And so they're tasty, they're delicious, they're good for you, they're awesome. And you can get them in any snack aisle. And we are, we'll be right back with the pop powerhouse herself, Tiffany Renee Darwish, better known to the world of pop, country, and now rock. 
is just Tiffany. We've met yeah, many we times. We have met many times. Yeah. Many, many times. Yes. Uh, I think most recently, uh, pro probably, well, I guess we, we did the NAM thing in January. We did the NAM thing in January, which I was, was great. I was telling him a little bit about the band King's X because I, yeah. I work with Doug Totally Pennick. cool. Doug yes, was there. Totally cool, yes. So, Loved. Were you familiar with, yes. familiar with Doug before, yes, right? totally. Did you, were you able to, to see his performance at all? I that? didn't. I didn't get a chance. Well, people were having to jump in and jump Every, out. Yeah, it was like kind of a little chaotic, you know? Oh, yeah. So it was, oh, yeah. there was a lot going on, but I was so thrilled to be there. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and then, and then of course, most recently was uh, Liz uh, introduced us at uh, the, at, mi the yes, mixtape. Mixtape mix tour. Yes. I know. What? I miss my bus right now. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my hair and makeup team. <laughs> yeah, that tour, we got a little spoiled. It was great. Yeah, but it was wonderful it was though, great. right? Oh, no, it was great. I mean, you know, it's a big, it's a massive tour. So you have all the tour bus and all the luxury and everything like that. So, you know, it's like at now that going back to like being independent again and doing, but this is great. I mean, we're in great theaters, small theaters and stuff like that. So we start off in like little divey clubs, you know, doing the rock stuff and then the mixtape tour. And now we're like, you know, in these really nice, posh, small, intimate theaters, which yeah. I love. But we're rolling, you know, a smaller crew. So, you know, it's, it's like once you do the big tour, you're like, oh, I remember all of this. You're just like, my wishes come true. I mean, obviously that goes on your tab and you pay for everything. But right. it's nice to just go, I want a pony. <laughs> yeah. And a pony people will get. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I've never been that eccentric. I'm more like I want I don't know water. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, you know the whole, the whole Van Halen M and M's yeah. thing. Yeah, you have to, no, you know. I never got that. But, but my friends would be like, "Girl, shut up." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but one thing I thought was so great was that obviously we were at the mixtape tour, and and I loved how grateful that the new kids on the block yes. crew was to you and and to remember uh and, and honoring you and the way the show was paced wasn't that perfect oh the show was paced i mean just absolutely amazing and perfect and wonderful and spot on and donnie worked so hard and all the boys did you know but i mean that really was paced so well no, i thought so too and yeah. every moment was like another layer of you know ah, you know excitement yeah. so you know seeing everybody's Faces and the excitement and the joy that, that that tour brought. I hope they do it again. I'd love to be a part of it again. We would we would come back to that. Yeah. Well, also you know for our listeners out there, you know that it, uh, for as a spectator, it was so great because you know how it could have gone. It could have gone in right. a way where if you and Deb went on first to like a third full arena yeah. and you did your 20 minutes and then that people go, oh, we missed it. Right. I loved that they were saying, no, new kids is going to go on first right. at eight o'clock and we're just going to... We're all in it together. That's right, man. It's just one big party. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it really it was. It really was. I mean, again, Donnie did it great, you know, so, I mean, and I love that kind of stuff because as a live performer, you know, you you always, you don't want like the moments where everything just kind of goes down and you have yeah. to reconjure that energy so it's really nice that it was you know two stages boom boom you never knew what to expect and right. it just kept going and and again the next level and the next level until you know you're just like i want to explode and do it all again i, I mean know. people were just i mean we i still post things on you know my instagram and facebook and stuff just like throwbacks and I'm gonna probably do it until I don't know whenever <laughs> whenever I get tired of it but I mean it's it's 
such a great memory to have now. It was such a great experience. And, and you know, when you were talking about the new kids and stuff, I think for me what I got out of the tour, more importantly, was watching them celebrate 30 years. Yeah. Like you said, they, you know, are kind of like throwing a little tribute to me, saying thank you, but really, you know, I kind of like looked at it and went, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. Of what I've been, you know, a part of really right. not even knowing it was going to be this big for them but 30 years of cruises and all around the world and number one records and millions of albums sold and you know again the cruises and the concerts and these women came on my bus and they we reconnected you know yeah. um a lot of them aren't mad at me anymore for getting a new kid on the block so that was nice to know thank you very much um but That's you know awesome. it was it was great to hear their stories and hear them talk about, you know, losing their family or getting a divorce or their kids going to college. And, you know, they reconnected with the new kids fan and yeah. started to go to these cruises or these concerts. And they have this whole friendship, like, you know, a like family. And I just didn't even really think, I mean, that's my fans, you yeah. know? So, I mean, you know, it's like, I, of course, I know that, but like, until I met all these women and heard their stories, or even gentlemen, you know, they were like, you know, hey, I come out, I'm a New Kids fan, I don't care, yeah. you know? Yeah. I like their music, I think they're cool, I get to meet a lot of hot girls. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. not stupid, yeah. you know? <laughs> but you you want to you go where the fun is, right? Well, you know? I mean, it's a fun show. It, it's a, it was the know? most fun we've ever had. And such a dive, I mean, it's not just about their music, yeah. because all of them have grown so much, you know, and like they've, you know, become actors, or people who have reality TV shows, or, yeah. you know, just be businessmen. You know, so I mean, I think it's great they have like all these different fans coming from all different walks of life, like I do. You know, my show it will always be now from now the pieces of me and turning the rock corner and getting the word out there and having some, you know, traction at least now. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. So, you know, but my crowd will always be half Playboy, retro, now the rock stuff. Yeah. People that come from my goofy movies, my sci fi yeah. stuff that, of course, I like. I think we're low now, but may not know the new music. So it's great. I have like this weird eclectic crowd of, of party of people. Yeah. Then I'm like, let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> let's well, see who likes what. <laughs> well, you mentioned the science fiction thing. And so yes. for our listeners that don't know, and maybe you guys don't know, you and Debbie made a movie. I did. Okay. Yes. Tell well, our we listeners. did. We did. Um, I made Mega, Mega Piranha first. Yeah. And um, Deb, I think, did not Mega Shark. It was. It was Mega, something like that. Something like that. But then y'all came um, together. And then Sci Fi came and said, Do you think she'd do something to get with you? And I said, Well, let's go ask her. Yeah. I think this would be great. You know, and I kind of chuckled because most of our fans would expect us to, expect us to do music together. Yeah. But, you know. We struggle sometimes. I mean, you know, our voices are so different yeah. that it really has to be a certain type of material. For sure. And it would have to be probably more pop-based. And so then it gets like, you know, kind of like, well, the representation and things like that. And even though I still am in the pop world, right. you know, I'm more power ballad. And Deb is definitely much more... Um, 
kind of like a Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a, it's a different, you know. Yeah. It's like an Ann Wilson and an Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. You know, I mean, both are amazing. Right. But to find songs that they really can't incorporate together might be a bit challenging, to, right? It's a yeah. little challenging yeah. sometimes, you know. And and we write differently, and that's what we love about each other. Yeah. You know, everybody says there's this rivalry. There's never been a rivalry. I know. But we are different beasts. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. Like you know, and there's been times over the years that now we're we're friends now, like more and more closer friends. Again, there's never been a rivalry, but we didn't know each other. Yeah. And people were using you know, that to yeah, kind of I sell mean, magazines. They kind of like you know, if they don't, if you give them nothing, they're going to make up a story. Right. For sure. So that was kind of the situation. Now I really know Deb, and we're buddies and everything like that, and I love that about us. But you know, we still are different. And there were so many times over the years that she'd say something, and I'd just look at her like. What planet are you on? <laughs> or I say something and she'd be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing any of that. Like, I'm not standing there. I like, can picture her saying I'm that like totally a different beast. You yeah. know, Deb likes everything very polished. She comes in, she's very poised. It's a lot of her Broadway training. Yeah. I come from country music yeah. where it's like, I'll stand in the dirt. Do you have something to sign? Sure, not a problem. I'll stand here right. until, you know, the cows well, come home, literally. She's a New Yorker. She's a New Yorker, right? and yeah. I'm L.A., and I'm much more hippy-dippy and yeah. organic, and I was just, like, raised that way. Yeah. I was out in fields, like, playing at hoedowns, literally, yeah. and running around in the dirt and, you know, not getting dirty, but, like, running around and, you know, watching the bands play and doing all that kind of stuff because I come from, again, country music. Yeah. So a lot of places in San Diego who had like, you know, Hoyt Axton and yeah. Waylon Jennings and, and Mickey Lee, you know, oh gosh, oh, Mickey Lee, what, what's his name? Uh, Mickey, what's his name? Leland? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I'm a piano Texas. player. Um, gosh. Oh. Mickey Gilly? Mickey Gilly, thank you right, very much. Yeah. And Johnny Lee. Yeah. And so I opened up for them and, you know, all these, George Jones, all these different experiences, but I could be a kid. Yeah. A lot of these places, they had camping sites and stuff, and I'd meet other kids, yeah. you know, and I'd be, like, out there doing barbecue or whatever, and then I'd be like, okay, Tiffany, come get ready, you know, and I'd be like, all right. My mom put a little lip gloss on me or whatever, <laughs> curl the ends of my hair, and i put my cowboy hat on. And just head out there, right? You know? Head on out there and sing a tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what were you telling me? The last time you and I talked, you were telling me this story. You told me this one story about one of the first times you performed, and it was like... Uh, something with your dad, like it was like a song he wanted you to do, or something. It was like a, a special meaning behind it, or something. It was like it was a song you did for him. Oh, for my dad. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's been a couple of songs that I've done for my dad, my my stepfather. Right, your stepfather, of course. Yeah, my right. stepfather. Yeah, right. So, I mean, he he kind of influenced me to do like more, like you know, he loved Elvis. Right. So did my mother. Um, but he we, liked old school Hank Williams, a lot, lot of that kind of country. But you were saying that it was a lot of the country music kind of influence came from your stepfather. All of it. That's all, yeah. all that my parents played in the household. So that's what so, you grew up listening yeah, to, right? That's what I grew up with. Other than that, rock and roll to them was probably Elvis. Right, sure. Um, and, and Little Richard, yeah. uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Anything Because kind of I, again, yeah. did shows with them. Yeah. I mean, that was a trip. Like, I even knew at, like, eight who they were. Yeah. You know, and I was like, this is in the next Jerry Lewis is in the next room you know yeah. and I remember just being backstage and taking it all in all these country stars and all these you know rock and roll stars and all these different influences that you had and people who were just famous period for no. you know being in movies and actors and all these people together you know under one roof as for an eight year old I was like oh you know, yeah. this is so cool. I mean, it was very adult. You know, I was constantly being shoved in a chair somewhere. Don't listen. This is a dumb. You know? <laughs> 
But I feel like you're just one of those people that are just born to do it. You know what I mean? And you that, that's why I you're still was, doing yeah. this for 30 years, man. Well, yeah, I don't know any different. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just I just kind of came out like this. I just came out singing and, yeah. you know, I mean, literally since I was a little girl. I mean, I wasn't shy ever. Right. Um, and I was a pageant girl. I did pageants for a long time. That's probably why I'm a hippie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> and you, I'm you've had enough of that. Like, right. Oh my goodness! Get all of this off of my face. Yeah, <laughs> I was relentless. My mom, I'd have curlers in my hair, and I, my two best friends lived next door, and they were Corey and Kevin, from uh, Texas, actually. Funny enough, and. Um, and so, you know, they would be out climbing trees and stuff. And as soon as my mom would be doing dishes or something, you know, I'd be out there climbing trees with my curlers and, you know, and like, you know, all the things that they put all like the little T-shirts underneath right, that you sure. put under your costume and stuff. Right. My mother would freak out. She'd be like, get <laughs> you know, or I'd get in the bathtub and I'd just be singing and I'd be splashing. I remember one time I broke my mom's heart. Because I went to Nashville my first time, I was about ten, and uh, we had a huge TV show to do, and I stayed with May May Axton, Hoyt oh Axton's mother, of course, yeah. and she was my manager for a while. So in Hendersonville, and I mean, I had never seen a bathroom like that. This huge, like beautiful claw tub bathroom, you know, with like yeah. bathtub with like just this huge bathroom, and yeah. I was like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I had curlers in my hair, and it was the morning of the show, and oh I went gosh. in there, and I was again singing and splashing and bubble bath, and I had gotten my hair completely wet, and my mom got out there, and I mean, we had like twenty minutes to go, oh, no. and she was crying and blow drying my hair, <laughs> and I was just like, why is it such a big deal? <laughs> was but, she a bit know, of a stage mom though? Would you be not really, but if my mom did something, she put her whole heart into it. Yeah, so yeah. you know, that was not that was out of her element, really. Sure. You know, I was always a different beast. My mom was actually very shy. So, but. You know, she did definitely put her heart and soul into like rolling my hair, and yeah. I slept on it all night. Now I she would appreciate it because yeah. you go through the pain of sleeping it all all night, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I was just in there having fun. Yeah, and, it's uh, Donna Summer with the the cake out. The yeah, rain I remember that, right? like you know the whole performance. I was <laughs> thinking, oh, that didn't. I think I messed up. <laughs> I think I, but uh, yeah, my hair was like not very curly, and it wasn't didn't look very good. My mom was so upset. You know, because my mom was, you know, she was old school. She liked her hair and to her makeup yeah, and her, yeah. she made my costumes when I was a young girl, especially for my dancing costumes. So you had the support system, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've been in, I've been in the, I don't know, entertainment industry since I was probably four. Yeah. You know, really. But I was a dancer when I was about six. Right. You know, I started like probably about five or six. Yeah. And then I stopped dancing probably about 10 or 11. Why do you think, you know, for better or for worse or whatever, you're probably tired of hearing talking about this, but you'll always be connected in some way to the mall tour that you did in 87. Yes. And I love it so much. Yes. And I grew up, and I have an affinity for uh, that whole part of the Americana experience. And uh, a friend of ours we had on the show, a guy named Michael Galinsky, and he mm -hmm. is one of the only people to ever document mm -hmm. that. We, we not talked about this last yeah. time. And he has a book coming out now, a sequel now, uh, called, yes. called called Malls Across America. Cool. And I remember when I talked to you about it, you you said you quipped to me, you said, "Am I in it?" <laughs> <laughs> what? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, right. And so, why do you? 
whose idea was that, and why do you think that still sticks in people's minds so much? Well, I mean, it. it I mean, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. Nobody had done it before, right, so yeah. I mean, that's they're always going to associate me with that. So I don't mind. I'm fine with that. Right. I have a mean shopping habit because of the malls. Yeah. Um. You know, mall tour just like. You know, I love pizza now. I love Orange <laughs> Julius. Yeah. Um, and I can sense a mall within like 15 Oh, miles. I can too. <laughs> I've got mall so I, Yeah, I have. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's a gift. But, you know, I don't know. I, my project, they were sending me, you know, I'm from L.A., recording in L.A., but they sent me to New York to do clubs. Yeah. You know, there wasn't really anything in L.A., so they sent me to, to New York to do clubs. And the songs were doing really well. But I mean, I couldn't even hang out in the clubs. Yeah. I was only fifteen. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. So, so, so you so go to the, the mall. whole project was gonna just like be shelved. And That's where your audience like, we, is. We don't know, you know how to break this artist. Yeah. And my A and R guy was walking the mall, and he saw a fashion show. He's with his little girl, and they were putting on a fashion. And he thought, well, they have fashion shows, and they have hair shows, they have jewelry shows, they have all kinds of things that happen in the mall. You know, Santa Claus and all these different events that they put on in the courtyard. Why not have a, con a concert? Yeah. Wouldn't that make sense if we just... So it was easier said than done. Yeah. You know, getting people to participate. And then all, all you know, malls said yes. But, you know, then shop owners went crazy. Because a lot of times they would think, well, that was distracting. Right. Especially they'd set me up, you know, in front of a jewelry store or something like that. And yeah. high-end jewelry store doesn't run somebody yeah. outside and all these people, like, you know, became blocking, hysteria though, blocking you know? their entrance. And, stuff. <laughs> and eventually the mall, it, it shut down the mall. Right, you know, right. Because it gets became, so big. Yeah. That was sad. I mean, I remember, like, doing the last couple of rounds of malls. And I was really sad. I felt like something so sacred, you know, yeah. something so e easy and so yeah. wonderful because I could... You know, just hang out and sign autographs and talk to people. But, you know, it was a nice problem to have. We were moving up to all the arenas. Yeah. But, you know, again, that intimate, that's why I'm loving what I'm doing now. I'm going back intimate. For sure. And starting this space, because this music really deserves that, really. Um, being a live performer and then, of course, having the bands, more of a band sound. Right. Um, I think it's important for people to be able to talk to me, get to know me, more of a casual setting. More of an intimate know? type kind more of thing. More of an intimate know? thing. And we're definitely just still growing. You know, yeah. people are starting to get to know more. I think definitely they know now that I can sing. Yeah. So, and was that ever very, a question, you think, at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for like a, a long time. Yeah. yeah, people were like, she's manufactured or she's a one-hit wonder. or You know, I've kind of heard it all a little bit. But yeah. I just kept going yeah. and climbing over walls. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll skip to yeah. another wall. All right. <laughs> well, I think it's come to a show. They, obviously, they know that you can sing. You know? Well, that's the whole thing is that usually people come to the show, and it's been about doing the work that people go, oh, oh okay, well, she is determined, first of all. And also, she does have the talent. And, you know, and... She's doing good stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah, good stuff. And so, yeah. like, wow. I mean, the you know, we were just, like, doing, doing a show yesterday, and we were in Oklahoma, Harrow, Oklahoma. You know, we pulled up, and it was this, this cute little venue again. But it was, like, you know, much more vibey rock. Yeah. L.A. Guns had just been there. Yeah. You know, and Johnny Martin played on my album, yeah. This Is Me, which is great. So, and Mark... You know, he knows all the band and stuff like that. So it was like, we, we kind of chuckled, you know, a little bit. And we're sitting there, and on the guys, all the crew start coming out. And they're all like, you know, rocker dudes, you could tell, yeah. you know. And, and like, they're kind of coming out and helping with all the equipment. And the band starts, you know, my band starts up, and they start playing all the pieces of me and waste of time. But I'm not there. They're just warming up and doing yeah. another thing. 
And, uh, and then I get up and I start singing and I could see all the guys like looking at me like a little weird, you know, and the, but nobody said anything. It was like the sound was perfect. Yeah. Like there's uh, the venue's great. So I was like two songs, maybe a song and a half. And I was like, okay, cool. Everybody was great. I walked away. It wasn't until after the show that, you know, we're loading out and everything like that. And the guys one by one start coming up and they're all, it's really great to meet you. Wow, you're really cool. Like, and they felt like they had to confess to me to say, <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't really know what to expect. And right. uh, I didn't know your music. And like, then you got up there and one guy goes, you know, he goes, well, the band was like sound checking. He goes, and I was like, wow, this, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool. It's cool music. He was like, and then I went, I was like, oh, hold on. This is a Tiffany show. So. Maybe they're just like warming up with songs that they do, whatever. Right. He goes, so like, and then we, you know, waited for you to come for a second. And like the band kind of went off and got some waters and came back. And he goes, and then you guys started with the same songs. And I was like, what's going to happen here? <laughs> you know, he goes, and then you got up and you started singing. And it was like a mixture of like a Janis Joplin meets a... Adele meets a Ann Wilson meets a Stevie. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but they, but they weren't you know? expecting it. Remember, you remember at NAMM? Because when you're at NAMM, you have all those top musicians. Yes. And Steve Vai was there. Yes. But if you remember, the same thing happened. You yeah. went on early in the night, and me and Doug came over to, to watch mm-hmm. you play. I know. And I was telling people, I, I was like, you had Greg Bissonette there. You had all yeah. these. Yeah, uh, all it, these different. Uh, oh, Vernon awesome. Reed. And we all, by the yeah. end of the night, they were all like. What happened here? Like, that was cool. <laughs> right? They were like, that yeah. was good stuff. I mean, that's you know? the whole point. I mean, you know, just keep doing it. And like. Yeah. You know, and that makes me very happy inside when people go, they give me a little wink or they give me a yeah. little like, well, go on then. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's my, the name of my company is called Go On Then. Yeah. Um, because well, it really, then. it really <laughs> is like more of a like, all right, let's yeah. see what you got, you know. But I love the opportunity. And the, and the challenge, and you love to, to convert them. You can see when they're being converted, right? Well, you I know? mean, you know, I, I think that, you know, some people definitely just want to stand back, kind of watch me do the work and see where my heart is and right. see me make me earn it that's totally cool you know I think you're a better performer when you have to go through that kind of stuff I agree with that really if it's you know I mean some people it's just you know that they just come out like um, you know amazing but I think most of us I just have to do you know again the experience we get better and better and better but it's already there yeah for sure you know we just get more comfortable pieces of me now I've been on the road with it for not here in America but over in the UK. So the album was, was released last year. Right. And I've been touring off of it. And just that experience and then doing the mixtape tour and yeah. taking it down acoustically and having to breathe with these songs. And I'm singing these songs like the back of my head. It's even better. Yeah. And I actually think that that's maybe the way to do it. For sure. You know, I mean, it's like, I always hate that too. Sometimes you go in a studio and you record a song. Right. And you're like, if I just would have lived with it for another like three, four weeks. Yeah. You know, the magic that happens. So I'm starting to give these songs a little more more space. Okay. But I think I'm right on target right now with coming and bringing this to America. Okay. Because I am so confident with them. Um, And I think it takes that here a little bit. You well, know? the tour is called Pieces of Me. Like I said, you, you're just there's now bringing it to the There's lots of pieces of me everywhere. There's been moving components every day. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. And now there's, like, pieces of clothing everywhere because we have no air con in the, in the, in the 
the van. So we're very we're getting very comfortable in that van. <laughs> but that's good though. And then like you said before, wouldn't it be great where the next time that you record if you had these songs that when you went into the studio, just be like doing another gig. Instead of having to do the studio well, first. The, yeah. You know. I mean we're already in the studio. We're already already five songs in to the new record. Okay. Oh good. So okay. I'm excited about that. And we'll go back in November and that will be done. Okay. So um, we're creating and writing stuff here on the road, which I love, on the fly, which has kind of become our, you know, go-to and how we do stuff. Yeah. And it's it makes sense. It's working. For sure. So I'm not going to mess, mess with, with it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we went into Rockfields again. We were there for, gosh, about five days. And five beautiful songs, six songs really, came out. So that, that means you're firing on all cylinders then. When you're being, being able to be that kind I of I am like yeah. all over the shop, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I really am. It's, I mean, but it's great. I really am a busy girl. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to balance. Like, I'm, I'm also going back to hippie. You know, I do believe in balance. and. I love the I'm hair, running. by the way. So oh, you, they well, got the hippie thing you're going, getting man. me. You're, yeah. Thank goodness we're just talking it out yeah. today and there is no cameras or rolling. <laughs> right, I'm right. going to tell you right now because, like, it has been hard. I mean, this whole experience, again, coming from the mixtape tour and everything like that, you know, perfect example, the aircon goes out in the van. Yeah. Sounds like, oh, okay, we'll just get it fixed, but there's no time. Right, right, to get right. It. And then it happened to do it over the weekend. So I'm calling all these little towns and they're like, on Monday or Tuesday. I'm You're like, right. oh, no. We, no and you have to keep going to your shows. You just... So we've been driving nine hours in this hot van in Texas. Like, it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after what you just came from with the luxury yeah. of the mixed I'm And my old bus driver, you know, not that you're old, Eddie, that didn't right. mean it like that at all, but, you know... My previous bus driver from a, you know, a couple last mixtape tour, he and I are friends. All of us. Once you become part of my family, of like that's it. So well, I've been you know, on the road a lot too. So yes. Yeah, so he's like texting me, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all Eddie. I missed the bus. Come, come get me, <laughs> Eddie. I missed the bus. But you know, I mean, that's the commitment to this band and 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 them to me. Yeah. You know, um, and our project and what we believe in and and part of the road experience. Mm. You know, we've met really funny people because of having no aircon. Oh, yeah. It leads to stories and then conversation and you're you know, not sheltered. You you're right there. Yeah. Where, I mean, we had one, you know, one venue that we rolled up and it was like, you know, they were like, oh, well, too bad. You're late. You know, we have to hold doors 20 minutes. So they, their attitude was awful. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, well, I think I'm dying, first of yeah. all. Okay. Let's start there. Yeah. Because I think I have heat stroke. Yeah. Like, I'm not too sure. <laughs> but I'm here and I don't think 20 minutes is that big of a deal. Right. And then, like, you go to other places. Like, you know, we've been to other places in this last, like, four or five, six, seven days in this traveling as we started. And it's like, you know, they're just like, you must be tired with anything. Here, let me get you water. Here, let me get, you know, and it's been it's been amazing. But you meet all these different people. Oh, yeah. And then some oh, of the yeah. times you meet somebody who's not great, and then you turn around and smack somebody into the hallway, you know, and they're <laughs> just the best person ever, and they become your Facebook friend. Yeah. You know, so that's what touring is about. It's like great, like and that's why. We're, like today, we know, got out of the van yeah. and we were just like, we're early. Hmm. What do we do? Yeah. You know, and Mark, um, my producer, he was like, like, oh, I'm gonna go to the pub real quick. I'm just gonna go have a beer. Just we're here, we're sorted. Yeah. But I mean, he's like covered in sweat. We're all covered in sweat because we've been driving with no aircon. And I was like, oh, okay. 
and we walk in, and who would have thought? It's like the best place to be. Yeah. I within ten minutes. What do you think about this venue right here? Within ten minutes, I met all these people at the pub. The owner over here, yeah. I'm Shannon. She's great, and it just started with simple conversation. Yeah. And actually, she was very invited. She said, you can sit over here at the bar with us. Yeah. And I said, well, there's a lot of us. You don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> well, you met Barbara, right? The owner of Barbara your... here is lovely. I mean, I love it. You know, yeah, again. How beautiful this room who is. Who would think? Greenville, you know, Texas. And everybody's been so wonderful. And look at this gem. Look at this theater. That so she I saved, definitely want to you know? come back. I mean, the whole story behind it. Yeah. But I mean... That is what I think, obviously, giving my music to people and being able to share an experience with them and, you know, and 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 do my music and, and make me happy. You know, that's what I do as a musician. But also meeting people like this and having hearing their stories and, you know, and, and, and definitely coming to these little places, yeah. these little gems where you can Google or tell people or Facebook or Twitter, you know, any of this kind of stuff and go, guys, don't miss out on this. That's right. Don't pass this by because this is a one of a kind little For something. sure. You're not going to have. And, come and, you know, down the street, 40 minutes from your house and come the weekend actually because it's like totally cool. Yeah. You know, I love little towns and experiences like that. And those are actually the places that I People don't know, but I keep those things in my back pocket. Yeah. I don't want people to know too many about the good spots because I'm all, <laughs> I want to go there myself. That's right. I never vacation, but I don't want any hassles when I do. <laughs> well, because for those places, you know, they don't get a lot of shows. And so when yeah. they go, they remember them forever. I was that I too, do. You know? But I mean, some of these little gems, you don't want to see them like get too big. Yeah. You know, right, now right. Nashville, sure. like coming from Nashville, you know, like they're, they're getting way too mm-hmm. big. They've went... You know, and, and it's great for all my friends who play and, you know, you know do, lives there do now, all that. You know. But all, yeah, everybody, I mean, it's, there's track, it's just like LA. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm moving back to LA right now. So, you know, I'm. You're currently in the process of that right now, yeah? Uh, well, I'm going to keep my house in Nashville, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to spend more time in LA. I figured I'm in traffic anyway now, so I have no, you know, <laughs> right. might as well just go. But um, right. for what I want to do and all the things that I'm involved in and, um, the projects and I want to continue to you know kind of now start stoking the fires yeah. a little bit LA would be a, bit, a good place for me okay. definitely okay. so I'm going to go back there and maybe finish the record so there maybe, maybe? Uh, well no the, the record will be finished in Wales okay um, it'll be mastered in, in the UK okay. for sure and probably London okay um, we're going to keep the same system I'm not going to change anything yeah, right. okay. it, it, yeah it, all, all right. my people are good I'm very like I mean like you know, again, Mark came into my life, and you know, he's just really brought a great bunch of people. And then we've used my people, and it just seems like it's been a great family yeah. merging. Um, and you know, I mean, I've from the videos to again, you know, to our engineer Adrian, um, you know, to to Dan, our visual guy, and our you know art director and all that kind of stuff like that. It's just all worked out. Yeah. So you know, you can help I'm, succeed when you have, when a you have the right team. That's right. That's right. I'm holding on to these people for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take you back just for a second. So part of this is going to be part of our All Things 89 okay. series because it's kind of like, you know, the 30th anniversary. A, right. lot, a lot of things, and you know, is the end of the 80s, right? And 89 was a big year for you. Yes. Uh, you had come out with uh, Hold an Old Friend's Hand in 88, but most of the singles came out in 89. Right. Uh, so we were going to play one of them, and I was going to let you pick, Okay. okay. So I was thinking either Radio Romance Ooh, okay. or I was thinking about, okay, <laughs> I, again, I'm going to let you pick here, but I also thought it might be kind of cool to play one of the B-sides. Maybe the people didn't oh, don't know. And one like of my that? favorite B-sides from that is Ruthless. 
I like it. Okay, so is it Radio Romance or is it Ruthless? It's Different. Ruthless. Okay, so... Definitely. Ruthless. <laughs> Everybody says you're ruthless. I didn't have a clue what that word meant <laughs> when I recorded that song. But now, you know, I, I like it. <laughs> well, we're going to play it right here.
was ruthless, Tiffany. So you said you didn't even know what the what that I word was. I had no clue what that meant. That word <laughs> meant. Um, you know, I think probably was a little explained to me. But you know, you get kind of grow into those shoes a little bit. Yeah. I am definitely not a ruthless person. Um, I'm a Libra, so we're people pleasers. So I didn't yeah. get that course, but uh, <laughs> I, I suffer from the opposite. I'm like, wow, that wasn't nice. <laughs> But he'll still be my friend, right? Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, Libra. <laughs> what do you think of 1989? It's in a, kind of in a knee-jerk sense of way. What do you think of? Oh, um, 89, knee-jerk. That yeah. wasn't a knee-jerk, was it? Well, that was um, the first thing that comes in your head. Um, Probably really discovering my talent. Yeah. Really. Becoming like a better singer. Well, a better no, performer. it just... just all of it, you yeah. know, my, who I am a little bit, you know, what I bring to the table, if yeah. that makes sense. And yeah, for sure. my hopes and dreams and really kind of solidifying, you know, me as an artist in my own mind. Right. You know, because it starts there. You have to have, you have to visualize what you want first. Right. And I think that's, you know, the, my biggest thing that I say to artists, you know, it's hard when you're young. It's hard, period, to be yeah. honest with you. You know, we, we are melancholies and we're enthusiasts and we're in eccentric sometimes and sometimes we're withdrawn I mean we're like a very eclectic people really there's a lot going on usually with most artists so you know but the more that you start to kind of know yourself which again takes time then there's times that you lose yourself I mean everybody does it in life but I think you know as musicians or as somebody who's a celebrity we're out there living it bigger than life in front of everybody going look at me then you're like look at me don't look at me I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) turn away I don't know Uh, why are you looking at me but it's hard to like push stop so you know I mean for me I'm always like Reevaluating, and I think that's when I started to really reevaluate uh-huh. my life and going, what do I want? You know, I'm not happy with these people. This is what I want. I want to change my music here. You know, where am I going? Yeah. You know, I'm going in pop music, but like, I'm not really urban. You know, I didn't grow up in New York. Yeah. You know, I grew up again in country music. Do I go to country? Well, I don't really want to do country music. Okay. You know, California, there's really not a base for country music. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so I was like, well, I've already, I'm not going to go backtrack, you know, but what's in my heart? My heart is really more like a rock sound. Yeah. Um, and I've been pursuing that ever since, you know. So, I mean, we, it's been a journey to get here. But, you know, even the country album that I released, um, you know, Rose Tattoo. That wasn't like Tiffany goes country. It was Tiffany is setting a base of live performing. Yeah, and that you guys know that I'm a live artist. But that record was very unique, though. And also telling the story. Yeah, it was very unique. unique. Thank you. And I um, wanted to tell the story about all the people who invested in me that before I became famous. That I realized again that self discovery stuff. You know that you realize. Oh wait, I didn't even say thank you really properly. You know, I mean, I did. My parents kept in contact with a lot of people. I'm still in contact with a lot of people. But, you know, publicly, yeah. I guess. You know, a lot of bands who n- never made it. Right. You know, but for whatever reason. But then I jammed with them for many, many years. I wouldn't be the live performer I am today if it wasn't for Tall Cotton yeah. or the Whole Downers or right. Hoyt Yaxton. Yeah. Any of these people who kind of let me kind of get up there and... And do your thing. Sink and right. swim, you yeah, know? Right, right. All of it. And there was times I really definitely, like, 
you know, didn't have it together. I mean, but what the record seems so personal. At nine years old, what do you do with a room yeah. full of people who are completely drunk? <laughs> I, mean, I was like, well, I'm just gonna sing louder, I guess. You know. But this record seems to be very, very personal for you. I mean, yeah. it's called "Pieces of Me." Yes. It, it's it's very, um, you know, it's very con- almost confessional in a sense. Yes. You know, and so to be able to have these intimate songs in, a, in an intimate venue on an intimate tour. This is kind of maybe the best Tiffany experience, maybe probably. yet. Probably. I mean, this is right? probably the most vulnerable uh, yeah. that I've written on this album. It's a lot about my my life and things behind the scenes and the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Um, again, self-discovery, lots of self-discovery. Um, you know, not things that maybe I would change. Okay. Because I still believe that we have to go through these experiences. In order to get there, that's right. Yeah. Even though it's not pleasant sometimes, I still yeah. believe that there's all a reason, yeah. you know, things end, so new things can begin, you know, right. um, you know, and it's, it's like, it's kind of sad, relationships end, and then you find other people, right. and, you know, and it's just, nothing is better, right, as, you know, than the other, it's it just another level of your life, right. you know, it's your, your experience, and now you're prepared for this, and, you know, and things just, you know, I, I never used to think that way. I was a very rigid person. Right. I was very white picket fence and things like that because I had a crazy childhood. Where did and then I got into you? the music business, which is totally unstable. Yeah. So for my home life, I've always been like, this are the, these are the rules. <laughs> right, 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 you know, right. and they're actually very strict as a parent and everything like that. But, but this you know, opened you up I, a little bit more. Well, yeah. just death opened me up. A lot of people passing away yeah. unexpectedly, like five years of being hit with like people and addiction and all these people changing and you know friendships that I thought would be there for forever and just people getting weird and so it really changed my my perspective and I thought well you know I I need to know who I am I need to live my dreams and I need to have good people around me and most importantly I need to share my music yeah because I, you have the you know I'm very scared about flying you know the what ifs and I had bad experiences but you know Life is short. And here my dad passed away and my cousin passed away and one of my best friends passed away and all these people who had lots of plans. Yeah. And the what is and the remember. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I can't. That's why I opened up Tiffany's Boutique. And it started there. And I did small business for a while and I, I really liked it. But more and more people started coming in about the music side and rekindling that fire so then I put a million miles together and thought, well, I'll try it, you know. Yeah. I'm definitely, it was still going to be active in the music. Right. But maybe not so heavily in touring. Okay. But I thought, well, if I'm going to do this and release other albums, it's going to be on a touring base. Yeah. I need to build a, a, a base. And I want to do the music I want to do. And then, so and then I got to like get out there and, and tell the people about the music I want to <laughs> do. Um, yeah, you know. Well, the tour is called Pieces of Me. It's named after the album that came out last year. Yes. You've already got new music in the works here. Yes. Playing tonight here at the Texan in Greenville. Doors are in about an hour. Is that right? Seven. It's seven o'clock. Okay. So yes, I think so. Okay. We're so, so outstanding, <laughs> Tiffany. Everybody, put your hands together. <laughs> Great interview. We're Thank love you. To see you Sorry, as always. It's been so crazy. No, I mean. no. Howdy, folks. This is Chet Garner, host of The Day Tripper. You're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with host Roy Turner. All right. I want to thank my girl, Tiffany. 
uh, for coming back onto the show. It's always great to see her. We always have such a good time whenever we're together and we get to talk and chat. And you see how cool and just friendly and amazing uh, and just generous that she is. And just she's like a hippie chick, man. You know what I mean? She's just like this hippie gal from California that just l- likes all kinds of music and can sing her ass off and is just fearless to do it, man. And we are so grateful uh, to, to have her. Everybody, please check out Pieces of Me. Check out the tour. Get the record. It's so rocking. You heard uh, Beautiful. You know, you heard... Uh, you heard beautiful. Check out the whole record. It's just so rocking. It's so awesome. And uh, again, we're so proud of her for still being a road dog, man, getting in the van with the band and hitting the road and uh, and just kicking it hard. Uh, we love you, Tiffany. And we hope to have you back very, very soon and hope to, to see you again in concert. And I've been rocking this record all summer and we'll be doing so until uh, the end of time. Okay, back to some fun facts here. Okay, uh, so also that October, we mentioned in the last episode how we had, uh, me and Steve and Chris had played in the, the school talent show and, and rocked the house and won and all that. And I hope you all will visit that, that episode to hear that whole tale. Uh, but the Power Glove was released. We talked about that in episode two. Uh, Nine Inch Nails released their debut landmark record, Pretty Hate Machine. Uh, Soundgarden's Louder Than Love. Also, Nirvana's Bleach, like so much came out around that time. Uh, Mike Myers joins the cast of the NBC series Saturday Night Live. One of my favorite bands ever, Helmet, um, got their start in 1989, and they're actually celebrating 30 years. And so this year, uh, sorry, I'm actually going to try to go to, to more than one show, man. They're doing this really cool thing where they're doing like 30 songs in each in 30 cities. And I don't know if it's going to be the same set list. It's probably going to, going, to, going to change it up, and hopefully. But I'm definitely going to, because of that, because I love them so much. And again, happy 30th anniversary to Helmet. Uh, November 1st at the Scout Bar in Houston. November 2nd at the Mohawk in Austin. And they'll be right here in Dallas, Texas at Trees on November the 3rd. So you will definitely see me at one of, if not all of those three shows. Some other bands that got their start. The Black Crows started that year. The Breeders. Uh, the Chainsaw Kittens from Oklahoma, the Dixie Chicks, um, and uh, you know I'm not gonna get you know I'm trying to get too political here, uh, and there are gonna be some political things we're gonna ha- we're gonna mention uh, at the end of the show, um, but as you know we're this week we you know commemorate, um, you know the sixth was it Kali the 18th anniversary of September the 11th, and um, I know everybody's you know. F- Social media feeds are all full of the kind of the same kind of you know rhetoric of don't forget, and which we most certainly should not. And uh, and um, I don't want to be disrespectful or uh, or insensitive in any sort of way. You guys might should know that I was actually working for American Airlines at the time, so I was very involved with that. I actually gave blood and uh, and uh, flew up there with some blood donors uh, a few days after it, after it went down. So, but I just wanted to say this that uh, the Dixie Chicks have returned to country radio and a bunch of idiots have a problem with it. Uh, Taylor Swift kind of snuck them in there. And uh, we should all should know now that uh, they were right to say what they said. And in fact, they were actually right about what they said. And you should stop giving those girls a hard time. Uh, We celebrate 30 years of of Dixie Chicks and uh, all our love out to Natalie Maines and company as well. Uh, On the... uh, 
other side of the coin, another super hated band uh, is the Insane Clown Posse, celebrating 30 years. Um, and one of my all-time favorites ever uh, is Morphine. Um, God, Mark Sandman. Uh, I follow Dana Colley on um, on on Twitter. He's he's a he's still an ass kicker, man. And of course, the band Skunk. They started with their album Last American Virgin. My dude's Anorexic Cafe went on to, to actually cover many of their songs. They're one of those great bands that never quite got their due. And their drummer, Claude Coleman Jr., of course, he and I went on to work together for many, many years uh, with Ween, uh, who he's the drummer for, and many of his other other projects that he was uh, a part of. A lot of things started. In the, in the wrestling world, there's so many uh, uh, other wrestlers that are celebrating a 30th birthday this year. Uh uh, wrestled in WWE under the name of Emma, better known as Tennille Dashwood, and of course you guys know Bailey, Nikki Cross, and debuts uh, from my man Booker T, Ray Mysterio Jr. to Jerry, and perhaps the greatest of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You don't want to miss our 89 mix on Spotify. Make sure you check that out. Just go to Spotify and go to our page, DJ Tricky Kid, and just check out the All Things 1989 playlist. We're playing songs we're actually not playing on the episode, so you can kind of get a, a bit of a better mix there. Uh, speaking of, directly with Texas here, uh, the Toadies had their first concert in 1989 uh, at, over at uh, the Axis Club, our old, old friend Kelly Parker. And uh, I believe it might have been opening for Fugazi, if I'm if I'm correct about that. I think it might have been opening for Fugazi. Uh, it was actually our first time seeing Pantera, uh, the old Joe's Garage off of Camp Bowie. And then if you hear the song that opens our show each week, people always go, man, what's that rockin' song? It's actually from a local band called The Buck Pets, who went on to be on Island Records and toured many, many years. And their debut album came out in 1989. Uh, and the song that you hear at the beginning of the show uh, is a show called Good Day, because we always want everybody to have a, have a good day, and we hope that you're having a good day today, and hope that when you're listening to our show, that it becomes a good day. Some other interesting births, uh, Phil Collins' daughter, Lily Collins, she's gorgeous, man. If you guys haven't seen the, the Ted Bundy movie that uh, Joe Berlinger did, um, it's fantastic, and in and uh, she's the the lead opposite of the the Ted, of course, the Ted Bundy, uh, which was his kind of his girlfriend. It kind of long, kind of denied what he was doing for a long time. Uh, two of my pretty little liars, Lucy Hale and Ashley Benson. Uh, Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe uh, in the world of cosplay, uh, Jessica Nagiri. We mentioned Taylor Swift earlier, of course. We, her birthday is this year, and again, thank you for bringing the Dixie Chicks back to radio. And again, speaking of, of the politics, my girl, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is the truth, man, and kicking so much ass. And finally, one of us is like there, uh, you know, you know, speaking the truth and working for the people. Happy birthday this year to AOC. And Nikki Six, I love you. You know Motley's my favorite band ever, but uh, you leave that girl alone. So now we're going to hear uh, some more from Barbara Horan about her gorgeous venue, the Texan, like I said, that we just spent the weekend at with Tiffany. Uh, and also we're going to bring uh, my man Chaz uh, back on. He's always got, you know, he's always from the, the other three episodes. He's always fun to chat with and always full of 80s facts. Uh, and we'll be back with more. 
Okay. But when I think about 1989, and I think about that, was it? It's very, it was, I, I get what you're saying. It, yeah. It's transitional. Right, okay. Because it's, it's, it's at the end. It's changed. It's the yeah. end. We, we need something some, new is about to happen. Right. We're, something's about to end. Right. It's right. like the 1980s, you know, all that 70s. I was like, it's the 80s now. God, the you 80s know? were great. It, but it was, they, were, they were so great, man. They were so great. And what a great time to be in. It was all to an and it was, and it Where's was, the Kleenex? <laughs> but here's the deal. I was sad then. I wasn't excited about the 90s. Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't either. I was sad. Yeah, I, I was totally. I remember being very, I was like, because all of my favorite memories. Yeah. And totally. to this day are still tied to that. Yeah. But when I, but here's what I'm saying. When I look back on it and think, you know, I embrace all that 90s stuff, but was, it's like where you kind of find yourself for a second. Wait a minute. It's now 1993. I've got short hair, and I'm watching Eddie Vedder freak out to this video about the, this guy who shot up his school. <laughs> I would much rather have been enjoying Motley right. on the Sunset Strip. Now, yeah. you see what I'm saying? And, but if you were to ask me at that time, I was probably posing as this, like, now I'm this 90s guy and I'm self-aware and everything else. You well, that has I mean? a lot to do with our ages, too. I mean, you have to assimilate and, you know, you kind of do that as you get older, you know, because if you want to meet chicks. Right, right. You, you assimilate. Know, right. right. You assimilate. You kind of get in where the chicks are at and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that has something to do with it, too. Well, totally. Sure. You know, but... That's what I wanted to say was that instead of watching Eddie Vedder like foam at the mouth in the Jeremy video, I would have much rather have seen the girls in the in the you know from the Seventh Veil in the girls 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 video unapologetically. Yeah, no, and, I agree. And that's who and I'm I, probably still that way. No, but that's who I am now. It's it's funny how you go through that and then you come back to it. And now I would be. I remember I dated this girl by my first serious girlfriend in the late '90s, and it was like she was this, your first girlfriend. Uh, my first like real girlfriend. <laughs> Like you know, I'm just busting your balls. I know, but like relationship wise, you know. I mean, obviously, I had girlfriends, but I mean, you know, like the ones that count. Yeah. And she was this, you know, bless her, but she was this real intense feminist type. And suddenly, I'm shopping at Banana Republic and getting rid of my my t-shirts nice. and and living with her. And she was like this crazy. You might even remember her. No, I and probably then, dated her. No, That's what you did there. And you know, restaurants were an abomination. Now, oh, now bummer. it's like. I go to those every chance I get. You know what I mean? It's like no, you come back to it. Yeah. And that's what this is. This is a celebration of that. Okay. Yeah. Because so, that's, that was our, the, the 80s were ours. So we right. relate to that kind of stuff. That, for sure. Completely. So a few things that ended that seemed to be kind of passe by the end of the 89. Give it to me. Was game shows. Okay. Every single one. Now, some of these might have come back in different entities, and you'll, you'll be sure to be able to pick out which ones that did. But here are the game shows that ended that in ended. 1989. Oh, this is interesting. I like this. Card Sharks. My dad's all-time favorite game show was Card Sharks. I'm trying to picture it. I can't even think about Bob it. Bob Eubanks, and you would do... Yeah, it was a great... Was it like poker or something? No, 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 no. It was just kind of a... You would... It was... God, how would I compare card sharks? You would kind of... You would... Depending on what card you drew, there would be some sort of like question you'd have to answer. I don't um, even remember it. Bob Eubanks. who did the newlywed game. And a well, I others. love Bob Eubanks. Yeah, he's awesome, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sale of the Century. Ended. Sounds familiar. Okay. 
believe it or not, Wheel of Fortune was canceled in 89. Shut up. It was, and then it went into syndication many years later on a different network. But NBC canceled Wheel of Fortune in 1989. no idea what they had. That's right. So well, kind wait, of. Wait, wait, it was Vanna White? Yeah. In 89? Yeah. And she still looks the way she does now? Yeah. Because Vanna still looks good. She does. Okay. Okay, uh, The Gong Show. Oh, Chuck Barris? Yeah. Chuck Ferris? Chuck Barris? Uh, Super Password. These were still kind of relics of the 70s. It somehow had, had managed to survive <laughs> the 80s, right? right? Away. Uh, uh, Wipeout. Now, I saw that. No, that not the one where people are falling off of... <laughs> You see what you did there? Not not the physical challenge type wipeout. Yeah, because that's the wipeout that I know. Right. I saw that and I thought, really? They, people were like hurting themselves back then? No, it's, it's kind of a like a cerebral type kind of thing. You must have been a game show, dude. dude. Oh, God, yes. God, yeah, what is I, wrong with you? I spent summers obsessing over, like, my dad My dad loved, loved, loved game shows. Uh, it came back later, but of course, Hollywood Squares. Oh, now we're I'd, talking. Another relic yeah. of the 1970s. Circle gets the square. That's right. Uh, and then the dating game. Oh, one of the best. Uh, and unfortunately, in terms of cartoons, the Smurfs ended in 1989. Oh. And that was a, a big, big deal, big deal to me. i got to keep an eye on that right there because see how we're getting down to the wire here. What about the Smurfs dating game? Uh, see, that would be interesting. You got you you to mix them there. Um, okay, some other shows uh, that ended that weren't um, game shows, but very much uh, staples and pillars of the 1980s when you think of them. Uh, a few of them, at least. Uh, number one, Miami Vice ended oh. in 1989. That, that's as 80s as it gets, right? Greatness. And you're so sad about these kinds of things. A few ones I never maybe watched too much, but like uh, uh, until like later in syndication, but Small Wonder ended in 89. Uh, Kate and Allie, I never watched Kate and Allie too much. Uh, everybody, of course, remembers this. It was the Dynasty ended in 89. Oh, yeah. All of them were like dead, Yeah. right? In a bloody shootout. In a bloody, like in a, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like something crazy like that. Um, Maybe I'm thinking of Miami Vice. Okay. Now here's the deal. Um, this was for, two things is a one, two punch here. Mm-hmm. American bandstand had gone away for like 10 months and they were trying to kind of reshape things. Dick Clark didn't want to host it anymore. Talk about ending. I used to watch it every Saturday morning, oh, right? Yeah. That was like a must. A must. Always. Dick Clark moves to executive producer. Okay, and uh, Ryan Seacrest. No, <laughs> uh, he did take over his his New Year's Rock and Eve many years later. I mean, but a guy named David Hirsch took over as host. Oh, I know that name. And it totally sunk, and uh, an American Bandstand ended uh, for good. Oh, um, they need to bring that back. Okay, and Ryan I'll, Seacrest could do that. Doesn't? I mean, yeah. Ryan Seacrest is like the poster boy for Dick dude, Clark Productions. Yeah, but dude, he has enough jobs. Okay, he's God, got the radio dude, show. He does everything. It is it all. American Idol. But October seventh, nineteen eighty nine, and the final musical guest were the Cover Girls. Okay, name this. Sing the song just that they did. The Cover Girls. Yeah, Cover Girls did it. They were. It was a huge hit. I don't. I don't. I don't remember it. You have to. You have to help. Help me God, out. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can hear it in my head, but I don't know. Reach out to us on Twitter if you remember. All right. 
Again, I want to thank all of our guests. I want to thank my girl Tiffany. I want to thank Barbara. Bless God bless the Texan. Go to Greenville. Check it out. They got so many great events coming up. Uh, like God, I think Brett Michaels is going to be there doing some one of a kind. Anything there is one of a kind because where else are you going to go where it's going to be free parking and food and drinks and the whole bit for all for one price, including gratuities. And like Brett Michaels is going to. You know, do some songs and some stories in this super intimate uh, venue that's just gorgeous. Uh, anyway, I also wanted to leave you with uh, a few more uh, facts here, some more fun. Uh, MTV Unplugged got their start in 1989. Uh, some other amazing records came out that year. Rush's Presto, Primus's Suck On This. Those two went on to actually tour together. Uh, two years later, 1991, is Primus opened the uh, the Rush Roll the Bones tour a few years later. Uh, Ministries of Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste. Now, I wasn't into this record at that time. I was still a little bit behind the curve there. But my, uh, my oldest friend, Chris Todd, had moved away in 1990. And then we followed suit in 1991. And by that time, around 91, he'd had a whole new... You know, crew and a whole new group of friends uh, at the school he was going to, and suddenly he had on this ministry. A mine is a terrible thing to taste shirt, and he was trying to turn me on to it, and it was terrifying, exciting, and infectious. But literally, I was I was literally afraid of this band. Like when people think about being afraid of Alice Cooper, and I might have been afraid of Slayer at one point when I was much younger. Uh, not in stuff, but I was literally terrified of ministry. So when I think of that, I think of him. He wore that shirt, I think, every single day that year. Uh, but again, not till till a little bit later. And uh, you know, with anything, uh, you know, uh, not to get too political here, but uh, but but some things, a lot of things, also it would be again not to get too political here. But uh, we in November of 1989, something that ended. That was long overdue to end, and we're so glad that it did. Was the was the fall of the Berlin Wall, finally? And who can who can forget Scorpions as his wind of change? And a lot of people think that that speech that Reagan gave, where you know the famous one where he says, "Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall," and his his words sounded like like hammers tearing down a wall, was actually two years prior. A lot of people think it happened that, that around that same time, but it was actually a few years prior. But the Berlin Wall came down, and that was something that was good to end. Um, the, you know, the communism there and, and, and that part of Germany and being able to, to reunite families and being able as a symbol of peace. Um, and that, and what we'll you will come back to that actually in a second, because there's actually a, a fun, a fun, fun thing to talk about there. Uh, some other things that weren't so fun that ended, some of our favorite stuff uh, other than just the actual decade as a whole. Um, you know, I'm still not over it, man. I'm still so sad. Like, usually you're excited and happy on New Year's Eve and stuff, but uh, not that one um, because my, my beloved 80s was uh, was ending. But something fun, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that in one second, but uh, a few things that ended. My dad loved... Uh, game shows and one of his in his probably his absolute favorite besides prices right was card sharks card sharks sell the century if you can believe it will of fortune was actually canceled uh it was brought back later of course 
uh, the Gong Show, Super Password, Wipeout, Hollywood Squares, which I think might have come back in a different form a little bit later, uh, and The Dating Game. I guess people were just kind of thinking that, you know, that the 80s were uh, associated with game shows, and they are, and then they just kind of became passe, and so they were uh, all getting canceled. Uh, some of my favorite cartoons and TV shows, the Smurfs ended, started in 81, ended in 89, so, so like when you think of the 80s, that entire span, uh, I got to enjoy uh, the Smurfs. Uh, it was a series finale of Dynasty, you know, who can forget that, that was a, golly, that was bananas. Um, if you remember growing up watching Dynasty and how that whole scene at the end where they all just kind of like died, it was nuts. Uh, Small Wonder, Kate and Allie. And is there anything more 80s than Miami Vice? So it really was. It feels like a changing of the guard was happening. And of course, I talked about this before because this was an emotional moment for us. If you know, back when you could get emotional about a TV show and something that bonded you as a family, of course, was, was the end of family ties. Um, after a, a 10 month hiatus, American Bandstand reemerged on the USA Network. Uh, David Hirsch took over uh, duties from Dick Clark, but of course, uh, and then it even moved outdoors to Universal Studios in Hollywood. But uh, after 26 weeks on USA, uh, you, the old American Bandstand signed off for good on October the 7th, 1989, with the Cover Girls as the final musical guest. And again, sadly, we gave you some births in the previous segment, but now we also we lost uh, uh, some people. Some, uh, like I said, coming to an end is a, is a good thing, is that Florida executed Ted Bundy by electric chair. And I mentioned that the girl that, uh, that played uh, his girlfriend in the new Joe Berlinger film, Lily Collins, who was Phil Collins' daughter, was born in 1989. Unfortunately, we lost John Cassavetes, uh, Abby Hoffman, who was an American political activist, our beloved Lucille Ball. I love Lucy. Uh, no pun intended. Actually, pun intended. Betty Davis, Gilda Radner. That's three strong, strong women in the world of, 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 of acting and comedy. And my main man, Mel Blanc. The only, still to this day, the only celebrity grave I ever visited. Ill-advisedly, I did do the whole Jim Morrison thing when I was in France, whenever I was much younger, uh, but it was Mel Blanc, uh, the voice of so many of my favorite things. And I always wanted to be a voice actor uh, for, you know, for cartoons. Uh, so uh, rest in peace to all those great influences for us. Uh, again, in the world of politics, something very uh, big happened. It was the revolutions of 1989. The, uh, the, Tiananmen, the Tiananmen Square protest, which was a turning point in political history, uh, this wave of revolutions ended up sweeping the Eastern Bloc in Europe. It started in Poland and Hungary, I said, with experiments and power sharing, and it all came to a head, with, you know, of course, we mentioned the Berlin Wall coming down in November, and the Velvet Revolution in Czechoslovakia. It embraced the overthrow of the communist dictatorship in Romania in December, and and it actually finally ended in December of 1991 with the dissolution of the Soviet Union. But these are all started and are collectively known as the Revolutions of 1989. Uh, so if you don't know about that, uh, I encourage you to, uh, to look up your history, get knowledgeable about that, check that out. And you can see just what a, just a pivotal transitional year 1989 was across the board. 
And again, uh, you know, a lot of people think, you know, that Ronald Reagan, of course, gave that speech at that time. But remember, he was no longer president. Uh, you know, his his term had ended in 88, and we now had George Bush Sr. Uh, and also Colin Powell got his start, uh, for better or for worse, that year. As a segue uh, to military talk, <laughs> no. As, of course, you guys know how much I love G.I. Joe, where whereas they had brought back the cartoon in a bit of a different form uh, for DIC uh, was returning. The G.I. Joe second title, Special Missions, was actually canceled uh, around this time. But I got to mention some great, great stuff. I always feel very premature. Like in my mind, I kind of had this idea that I was going to do the fourth uh, and final episode uh, from for 1989. Like around December, you know, because I just feel weird talking about holidays beforehand, and uh, I want to make it special. But I also thought it might be kind of weird talking about, you know, the holiday season from, from 1989 in December of 2019, when around that time I'm going to be wanting to be talking about the events not only of this year, but also from this decade. And also I didn't want you to have to wait that long to hear, you know, from Tiffany, man. So, But anyway, so all disclaimers aside... Here's some really, really, really neat, fun stuff. Was, of course, you know how much I love cartoons. Is John Candy had uh, his own cartoon called Camp Candy. And I just found out while doing research for this show that there is a Camp Candy Christmas episode. I live for that. Why did they have a Christmas episode of this? Like, believe it or not, there was a cartoon in the 80s uh, for Sylvester Stallone's Rambo, who is coming back with another First Blood movie. Uh, good for him. I guess before he calls it quits, he's going to revisit all of them. Rambo, God, what's his other? Rocky, uh, all of his franchises. And good for him for doing it. But, uh, but yeah, but there, there was a Rambo cartoon, and there was a Christmas episode of that. To kind of give you an idea of how much I love that stuff. The He-Man Christmas special. Anything that's just kind of like, why is this Christmas? So, and I've never seen it. And I went on Amazon and saw there's a VHS version of it. I haven't had a chance to look it up. But if anybody has a copy of Camp Candy on DVD. Or, especially with the Christmas episode, hit Holland your boy, write to me on Twitter, at Tricky Kid in the number two. And probably, speaking of Christmas, the, probably like one of my favorites, my mom hates this, by the way, so I can't see everybody's, but the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase, of course, and, and um, uh, what's his name, Johnny Galecki, who went on, of course, to be in The Big Bang Theory, and Juliet uh, Lewis uh, is the daughter, and then... Julie Louise Dreyfus, who went on to be in Seinfeld that also started in 1989, uh, was the neighbor next door. Uh, who doesn't love, uh, you know, National Lampoon's Vacation? I have a puzzle of it that we put together every single year, and I can't always look forward to doing that. And we mentioned New Kids earlier, of course, with uh, their mixtape tour. Uh, featuring Tiffany and everything else was the greatest thing in the world. They were just killing it that year. The, the album Hanging Tough, of course, came out in 88, but all most of the singles came out in 89. But that Christmas, they came out with New Kids Christmas that I still play to this day. My favorite thing and my favorite thing to say to people around the holidays is have a funky, funky Christmas. 
I wanted to uh, tell you a quick tale. It's something I think about a lot. I'll share it here. And uh, I doubt they're listening, but if, if for, through some miracle that they are, I wanted to say this. Uh, when I think about 1989 also, I think of this wonderful teacher that I had. Me and Steve were going to school at H.F. Stevens Middle School in Crowley, Texas. Of course, this would have been... Um, I, I, I want to feel like this is the 88-89 school year huh i don't well yeah yeah because in 89 we went over to the high school okay so this would have been the so the, so still so 89 anyway she had gotten married during the year so like her name was ultimately mrs burleson which was interesting because the next town over to us was burleson texas where kelly clarkson is from anyway but she looking back on it god she was a kid like she was like right out of college i think she was like 22 23 and i remember also thinking like because she was really good looking and she had like really long hair and she was real petite and fit and stuff. And, and, and she was cool. You know, I mean, she was, you know, everybody at that school thought that me and Steve and Chris were, you know, devil worshipers during this whole satanic panic. And, but she saw that I was a good kid and, and, uh, you know, and I did well in school and she saw that I was a smart kid, but also relatable. And looking back on it, God, she was younger than my sisters. Uh, uh, at least two of them at that time. Um, but what I think about is in class, we were the, you know, the, the metal guys. And I was probably cutting up way too much. You know, like I was probably giving her more grief than what I should have. Like when it's time for somebody to read, I mean, I was fearless and I gave zero fucks at all back then. And that's not a good thing in this capacity. And I don't know why. I guess I was just trying to make Steve laugh. And we were stoned half the time uh, around that time, too. So sorry about that, Mrs. Burleson. But I just want you to know how much I appreciated you. And you always believed in me. And I remember coming back and visiting your classroom and us having a great conversation. And I just want you to know, and I never thought about you. I never, I never forgot about you, I should say. And I still think about you uh, and how kind you were to me. And, and, um, and during that whole time when nobody else was really kind of giving me a chance and and what I think about in that portable was um, there was like a little like performance thing. I don't know why, but we were getting up and trying to like learn by using, you know, make, to make it fun. And she always made it fun and stuff. Um, and some really nice girls got up and did, um, oh, God, don't worry, be happy. Um, why can't I think of that guy's name? Bobby, oh, I, can't, I can't remember. Um, Bobby, no, God, whatever. Anyway, they got up and did some stuff. And, you know, and I was having some fun with it, but I remember, like, the hottest girl in school, God, what was her name? Something Franklin. I want to say it was Angie Franklin. Um, and she was, like, the hottest girl in maybe the whole state, perhaps in the running for hottest girl worldwide. And I was just this skinny little nerdy little metal dude that, you know, they weren't taken seriously. But they had no idea, and they were so into new kids, and so was I. And I so wanted to go over there and be all like, "Hey, I'm in the new kids too." You know, want to go to prom with me, <laughs> right? You know. But uh, anyway, so uh, God, I love that Christmas record. I hope everybody had a funky, funky summer. Uh, I know we're getting back into the holidays here. You know, when I think about music, and I'll and I'll leave you with this before I say the last thing was that. This, this really will give you a roadmap here. I know MTV just had their 
video music awards and people were kind of like what is the point they don't really show videos anymore most of the stuff doesn't seem to be geared towards music or performance or uh or anything but you know tradition is tradition so here's a flyer and i'll have it on our uh, on our website is it's the 1989 mtv music awards it was hosted by arsenio hall whose show started that year and i don't know if this is the one where where he has Eddie, no wait, no, because Eddie Murphy would have been the host that year. There was this funny thing that happened where Eddie Murphy walks into a public restroom in New York. But anyway, um, performances by Paula Abdul, of course, Forever Your Girl ruled that year. Uh, John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora, this is where MTV Unplugged started from, like we mentioned earlier. Bobby Brown was killing it with Don't Be Cruel that year. Cher, The Cult, celebrating 30 years of Sonic Temple. American Horses on our playlist on Spotify. The Cure, Def Leppard, Tone Loke, and The Rolling Stones. With special appearances by Christina Applegate, Corbin Burnson, Julie Brown. I think that's probably the downtown Julie Brown. You know, Wubba 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 and all that. Andrew Dice Clay. I think this is where he gets banned for life. Alice Cooper, George Michael, my beloved Motley Crue, of course, celebrating 30 years of Dr. Feelgood, Lou Reed, Robert Townsend, Jody Watley, Weird Al Yankovic, this is in many other surprises. So, uh, like we said before, how the, this, the 80s, this is probably one of the biggest, brightest, most pivotal and important years of any decade, and maybe the most important of this of that decade, this decade being my favorite, this is a decade that, uh, you know, this is where Greyback happened. This is where Summit Road happened. This is where Thriller happened. This is where Prince happened. All those wonderful things. Not that they all ha- those things had to end, but the decade that Bird them did. And, uh, again, we're always usually very excited about uh, New Year's Eve. And this is another reason why I thought about having um, this episode uh, much later in December. But... Uh, we're going to give the 80s a send-off. It was the greatest time of my life. It was the greatest time for me as a kid. Um, you know, I went from ages 6 uh, to 16 uh, during the 80s. And so you can see why it was so important to me. And and could it go any other way, man? The, it was the fall of the Berlin Wall and David Hasselhoff sent us out. This is how the 80s went out, man with looking for freedom and so that's how we're going to send you off again want to thank all of my guests tiffany we love you barbara haran we love you we love what you're doing with the texan uh and thanks to Chaz, and of course my better half jocelyn for joining us we'll be back next week with much much more and i hope that you all out there you're either looking for freedom or you have found it uh but we will see you next week take it away hoff But freedom...